This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line, presented by DraftKings on the DraftKings Network here. Femi Bebfe alongside Michael Lombardi. Uh, we have a fun show on deck for you guys over these next couple of hours here. Starting in 45 minutes, our buddy Will Hill, VEASAN contributor, also host of the Shoulda Bet More podcast, and also a contributor to the Bear Bets podcast over on Fox Sports. He'll join us in 45 minutes to give us some of his long-range college basketball thoughts and also to recap what we saw yesterday in college hoops. Some big results there, especially down there in the jungle with Kentucky knocking off Auburn. Then in hour number two at 11.30 Eastern time, 8.30 Pacific, our buddy Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN senior NBA analyst, host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast, will join us because our buddies Jonathan Von Tobel, Kelly Bidlin, and Zach Cohen all wrote the NBA at the break betting primer to get you caught up on what's going to happen in the final 30 games of the NBA regular season. We'll get into JVT's thoughts on that. He's got thoughts on MVP and all sorts of long-range markets for the NBA. But uh, Michael, how are we doing here on this Sunday morning, buddy? Was the weekend good? We're now living a post-football world, man. I hope you're ready for yeah. it. Uh, we are. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. We had a little, little blurp, a uh, little beep to get going, but we're good today. Femi, it's great to see you on a Sunday. Yeah. This is going to be our regular routine now until we get to the regular season. So always Sundays with Femi, uh, although there's not four games to watch. So we'll no. have to figure something else out. <laughs> yeah, there, there's not four games to watch. Maybe maybe we'll get some combine action coming up. I mean, that's like, a, what, 10 days away, which is incredible. Yeah. We talk about this NFL quote unquote offseason. The offseason is like July. That's about it is where the offseason yeah. is and then we get geared up for training camp and all that stuff in august because they give us about four to five weeks of an offseason but we'll have all sorts of nfl headlines coming up there did you dabble with any of the all-star saturday night stuff last night do you watch any of those festivities you know i watched the dunk contest which i gotta say that used to be you know used to be better mike mcclure like i don't understand how this guy like he never plays in the nba but he wins the dunk <laughs> contest every year like is there not a position he could play somewhere somehow? I don't, I don't know. You know, I guess it's just maybe we're going to bring pole vaulters and high jumpers into the dunk contest. You know, why not? <laughs> why not? If the guy can't play in the NBA, how can he win the dunk contest? Like, I don't I don't figure that out. Like then we should have an amateur dunk contest. Honestly, it, you know. We, we probably should. We probably should have an amateur dunk. I mean, like, like we should get the guys that do the high hurdles or whatever and see if they could dunk. I mean, it might be more entertaining. Like, I love the guy. I, when he was on this Delaware 86ers, I was excited. 89ers or whatever the hell they were called. I was excited. Like, OK, we got maybe got a good young player. But then the guy never plays in the league. So like, then he wins a dunk contest two years in a row. What does that mean? I mean, it's great to tell your grandkids, hey, I was yeah. a dunk champion. Well, did you play in the league? No, I didn't play. I was always in the G League. 
he's played four NBA games and he's won two dunk contests. <laughs> like, like, just go ahead and that's a nice little food for thought there. Mac McClung, the champion of the he was like the favorite. I think he went off at minus two seventy or so to win he? the dunk contest. Yeah, it's it's a fair question. Why wouldn't he? Because you look at the other guys. I mean, I'll say this. Jacob Toppin, the younger brother of Obi Toppin, he did have a fantastic dunk. For some reason, the judges weren't impressed by it. They wanted to go ahead and shoehorn Jalen Brown into the finals, which, I mean, that performance from Jalen Brown, the fact that he got to the finals with some of the dunks that he performed, I I don't get it, but I guess he was the only all-star in there, so they wanted to make sure that he was uh, one of the guys in the finals. But Mac McClung, the rightful winner of the dunk contest last night. We had the three-point contest. Shout-out to Damian Lillard. He repeats as three-point champion. Then Steph Curry went ahead and, be- and beat uh, Sabrina Ionescu in the Steph versus Sabrina three-point contest as well. So all-star Saturday night. Uh, it-, it was last night. The festivities. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it. And then we'll wrap things up with the all-star game coming up later on this evening. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, be fun. What what what's the over under? Are you betting the over on this one? People have been smashing the under. It, funny that you bring that up because I'm looking at the market right now. This was as high as 364 and a half like yesterday. We're down to 358 and a half. So I don't know if anybody maybe they know that the guys are going to be a little bit sluggish, but I'm like there's no defense that's being played. So I would be treading carefully betting this under, but the total is astronomically high. 358 and a half is as our consensus number. The Western Conference is the favorite at two and a half right now in the, in, the, in this All-Star game. So somebody out there has a really wow. good feeling about this under because it's dropped about six oh, I, points. I, I, 24 hours at 10:45 today you know somebody a man by the name of will hill will have a play on the over under in this game there's no question he's got to bet this one for sure a hundred percent and we'll be talking to our buddy will hill coming up in about 40 minutes here on the show uh but the nfl news and notes have been hitting us throughout this week even though we now live in a post super bowl world here but before we get into news and notes i don't know have you been seeing the discussion about some of these rookie quarterbacks the the draft prospect guys the drake mays the caleb williams it feels like Everyone, and this might just be anecdotal from what I see on my timeline, but it feels like there's a little bit of a turn on Drake May here. And we talked a little bit about this last Saturday with our buddy Brian Broaddus. He wasn't as big a fan of Drake May. And it feels like now Drake May sort of been getting picked apart early on in this draft process. Have you gotten a chance to get around to look at these guys or what's the schedule looking like for your uh, evaluation period for these quarterbacks? Well, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to get on it, but I try to block out the noise and try to just make mm-hmm. up my own mind. Although I do, I have heard that a lot of people, whether this is coming from agents or not, but talking to people in the league, J.J. McCarthy is a guy that people like. Yep. Very great. He had, he's, if you just take his third down tape and watch that, he's very effective and efficient on third down. And obviously he comes with Harbaugh's big endorsement. But the other one, to me, is Bo Nix. People seem to like him. But what I found really interesting is is the receiver market. Mm. Like, everybody has Harrison as the number one. And it's like slam dunk, unbelievable. Yep. That's not even close. I'm told reliably, reliably, that the Bears actually like I, 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 Roma. I, I don't know how to say it. Roma Dunze. They like him. And they love the, the LSU kid, Neighbors. So I don't know if they love them more, but I think they love both of them. And I was told perhaps they don't have Harrison as high as people think they do. And the league doesn't either. So I think that's really where I was like stunned a little bit coming back. You know, the quarterbacking market, it's the same thing. I think there's a lot of people that have love for Knicks, that have love for McCarthy, that we're all talking about, you know, Caleb Johnson being the lock at number one. But here's what you have to understand about the NFL draft. All the conversations up to this point are done by people that are not team builders. They're just scouts. They scout the player. Mm -hmm. Once people that build teams that understand how the league works and what is vital to the league, then this gets to change. And then we're going to start hearing rhetoric like, well, he really moved up the draft board Mm -hmm. or he really is flying up. No, he he was just misplaced or he wasn't evaluated correctly. Nobody flies up boards or flies down boards. They just are readjusted to where their actual grade needs to be. So, yeah, I I think it's watch that receiver board because I'm not sure it's as slam dunk as everybody thinks it is on Harrison. And I think the quarterback board has a lot of volatility to it as well. 
Wow, I cannot wait to see because the wide receiver market isn't even posted right now. The market that you could bet into is first non-quarterback selected where Harrison is a prohibitive odds-on favorite. He's minus 650 to be the first non-QB selected. After him is the Notre Dame tackle Joe Alt, then Jared Verse, the Florida State pass rusher. Neighbors is also at 12-1 to as well as Dallas Turner, the pass rusher for Alabama there. But like you said, everyone has just kind of been like, oh, it's Harrison. He's wide receiver one. I mean, that's been the, the rhetoric since August before the college football yeah. season even started well, but it's interesting to get your thought that people like Adunze people like Malik Neighbors as well at LSU well I think what happens in the NFL is is it, what we call the blackbird the blackbird line right one blackbird flies off the line they all do and so when somebody says Harrison everybody says Harrison mm. and I think now we're in lying season so I think there is a little bit of a change and look you know, I think the hardest position to evaluate in pro football for pro football, I should say, is the wide receiver, because we don't see press coverage in college. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't see the ability to separate in press coverage. Go back and watch the Super Bowl. Watch how the Chiefs cover the 49ers receivers. If I said to you, Femi, that Debo Samuel is an elite outside receiver, you would say, oh, absolutely. Most people in the league see Debo as an inside slot. Because when he has to go outside, that's when it's all of a sudden his lack of explosive vertical speed shows up. So that doesn't mean he's not a good player. I'm not I'm not mm. dinging it. It's about positional structure and how he fits within the framework of the offense. And so when you're watching these college receivers, you really got to be able to judge. Can they separate in man coverage? Can they win against certain level of talent? And we throw this number one receiver around like it's no big deal, when in reality, it is a big deal. It's hard to be a number one receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Well, according to most people, there's about 20 to 25 number one receivers. When we know that's not the case. According to most people, there's 80 of them. There's 80 of them. I mean, you know, there's everybody. Every mock's got 10 guys going in the first round. (laughs) Stormy was getting mad at me on Thursday, I think it was. I forget what day it was. We We had a guy on from a draft that, you know, he had 10 guys going in the first round. You know that just. Just set me on, you know, just set me off on, a, on on the thing, you know, because look, if you study the league, the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls without Tyreek Hill. Now, Tyreek Hill was a legitimate number one receiver, yep. but they've won two Super Bowls without him. Yeah, well, they also have the cheat code in Patrick Mahomes and what he's able to do at quarterback position. Right now, the number one pick odds here, and this is a little bit of an early kind of set the table draft discussion. The, the number one pick odds, Caleb Williams out of USC, he's minus 900 to go first overall. Drake May is at 5-1. to one. Marvin Harrison Jr. is at 12-1. to one. Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner, he's at 15-1. to one. J.J. McCarthy, 30. Michael Penix, 50. Bo Nix, 80. And then Joe Alt, some of the non-quarterback guys a little bit later after that there. But sounds like the league a little bit higher on McCarthy, a little bit higher on Knicks. Uh, are they as high on Williams as the betting market seems to be, Michael, when you talk to people about Caleb Williams? You know, I, I think a lot of it's going to come down to the visit. You know, people are talking about, well, he's going to have to throw the ball really well at the combine. No, look, at the combine, everybody doesn't throw the ball. The receivers are kind of outplaced. You, you go back to your campus, you get the receivers that you're comfortable throwing the ball to, and it's scripted. So the combine is really about a one-on-one conversation, you know, and we're going to be able to talk to the player, kind of get into his background, really study who he is as a human being, and kind of step away from what the narrative is based on the media because it's never right. Yeah, well, the Chicago Bears are on the clock right now with the number one overall pick, and it's a big, big offseason out there in the city of Chicago. We'll get into setting the table for this NFL offseason, the calendar, the dates that you need to know, as well as some of the news and notes from around the league. We're just getting warmed up here on a Sunday here on the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. We know you've been busy with football, which is why the VEASAN experts have just released our free NBA at the break betting primer. Get the free guide today and bet the NBA smarter with futures bets to make right now. Eastern and Western Conference analysis, plus betting tips for the rest of the season. Visit VEASAN.com slash guide to get your free copy today. That's VSIN.com slash guide. This is the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Family of Bebefe, Michael Lombardi. Uh, speaking of the NBA, we we're talking about it a little bit in the first segment there. The all-star totals keeps going down. Now we see 357 and a half. So the under continues to get bet. We'll get a JVT's thoughts on that when he joins us. JVT, a big part of the NBA at the break betting primer. He'll give us some of his second half or I guess final third thoughts since we're, we've well passed through the second half of the season in the NBA here. But Michael, let's get into some of the NFL news and notes. And yeah. on, on Friday, we got an interesting Interesting news there. Jimmy Garoppolo, Raiders quarterback as of right now, will be suspended two games to start next season for violating the NFL's policy on performance enhancing drugs. Uh, right now, Garoppolo, he is expected to be released by the Raiders at some point here. I'm assuming around the new league year. But does this suspension, I guess, in this violation, does that kind of wipe the Raiders hands of this from a salary cap standpoint? Or can you kind of give us what goes on behind the scenes here with the suspension and why this is impactful news here for Garoppolo and for the Raiders? Well, the language in a guarantee simply is if you get suspended, you don't get your the guaranteed money. You get that guarantee. The money that you have to you get suspended from gets deducted from the guarantee. So the Raiders do pick up some cap relief, at least of two games on this guaranteed. Mm. I don't know if there's other language within the signing bonus or the roster bonus that of the guarantee. It's interesting because to me, this this seems like and this is just from a perspective of 35,000 feet above it is that Garoppolo was probably taking something that wasn't uh, that was not uh, that wasn't allowed by the league to help his healing of his foot injury. Mm -hmm. That's what usually what happens is sometimes guys, they'll go to Canada, they'll go to Germany. You'd be surprised how many players go to Germany for treatment because it's not regulated by the FDA or Canada, which is not regulated by the FDA. And sometimes they take substances that the the NFL are considered to be on the ban list and they don't know it. And this is what catches them often by surprise. I don't think Jimmy was taking antibiotic steroids <laughs> to increase his upper body strength. OK, I don't think that was the case. I think this was about a rehab of his ankle of his foot injury, that it was having trouble. Remember that third metatarsal, whatever, or the sixth metatarsal, I'm not sure which bone it was, mm -hmm. was having trouble grafting. That's what happened when the contract was written up, and that's what was the delay in the contract last spring. So, uh, And then he went to camp, and it took a while for him to get going. So I think that's really what it is. Now, the Raiders can go through it, and they can argue, but they'll pick up some cap relief for sure. The Raiders right now, I mean, the expectation is that they're going to release Jimmy Garoppolo. Aiden O'Connell, the rookie, is still on the roster. Yeah, they but will. If you, but but if, if, if you watch O'Connell, 
unlikely that he's the future, at least from my standpoint right now. Oh, yeah. It's like, what what is the solution at quarterback for the Raiders? Do they go to the draft? Do they go through free agency? I guess right oh. now is when they're sort of making those decisions, right? Well, I think they're going through it, right? I think Tom Telesco, he has control over the, the, the players. One of the reasons Telesco got the job was because Telesco, Mark Davis really likes the Chargers roster. Thought they were really talented. So who put the Chargers roster together was Telesco. Now, Telesco was offered the job with Champ Kelly being the general manager, and he wouldn't take it. And then he got the job, but he took Champ Kelly on as the assistant GM. So the two of them together are going to have to work on it. And look, could they like J.J. McCarthy? Sure. You know, we, we do know that, you know, Antonio Pierce was at Arizona State when Daniels was there. So he has a great relationship with him. He knows him. He recruited him. He can tell a lot about the kid from behind the scenes. Luke Getze is going to be involved in the decision to evaluate the quarterback. So I think it'll be a collective effort. But I, I wouldn't rule out, you know, the J.J. McCarthy's or the Bo Nixes. You slide down into the first round because to try to get up to the top of the draft may be a little more prohibitive. Yeah, maybe even Michael Penix out of Washington there. He's also in that mix as well. Maybe could be, yeah. could be one of those guys. So, Well, he's got to, you know, his issue is going to have to be the medical, right? He's had two ACLs, yeah. and those are always problematic. And ever, so people understand it isn't a universal pass. It isn't a universal fail. Some teams will pass him. Some teams may fail him. It depends on the doctor. Yeah, I remember we had that discussion with Tyree Wilson before last year's draft about, hey, some teams might pass him, some teams might fail him. It's all, like you said, uh, up to the doctors of those teams to see what happens. That's why the combine is such a big deal for a lot of these guys there. They go out and get checked medically, which is, I mean, the combine is probably the biggest thing that's in our, I guess, the foreseeable future for us right now in the NFL. The franchise tag window, that opens up on Tuesday, February 20th to March 5th. March 5th is the deadline for teams to go ahead and tag some of those potential unrestricted free agents. Combine in Indianapolis begins February 27th to March 4th. All of you draft betters, that's when we'll get all the, the, the athletic numbers and the heights and the weights and like Michael said, the medicals, which is probably the biggest part of the scouting combine is getting the medicals. All the teams are able to kind of get that one set of data there. And March 13th, the new league year and free agency begins which is incredible we're not even like less than a month away from free agency when all the moving and shaking starts happening there and sometimes the futures markets with the betters goes ahead and uh and moves around a little bit then april 1st off-season workout programs begin for all the new teams with the new head coaches and then april 15th everyone is back in it with the off-season workout programs and then april 25th to the 27th all lies on the Motor City for the NFL Draft, which will be in Detroit, Michigan, which we cannot wait for. A lot of stars at the top of the board here. But we have some players, some veteran quarterbacks that we got to find some homes for for this upcoming season. And we'll start with Kirk Cousins here, Michael, because right now you can bet on uh, DraftKings, Kirk Cousins' next team. And the, the odds-on favorite, of course, the Minnesota Vikings, but it's only minus 200. Atlanta, plus 300. Patriots, plus 500. Raiders, plus 800. Titans, 12 to 1. Commanders 16 to 1, Broncos and Steelers 25 to 1, the Broncos 35 to 1. I would guess that Cousins goes back to Minnesota, but do you think there's a chance that he might go elsewhere? Well, Minnesota, you know, currently what teams are doing right now is they're trying to get their cap in order. So the Saints are almost 90 million, 80 million dollars over the cap for next year. So they have a lot of work to do. The Dolphins are 50 million over the cap. They have a lot of work to do. Now, you know, the, the Bills, they're 50 million. So these teams that have a lot of work to do have to cut players, re reconstruct their roster, redo contracts. And so the Vikings have a right now they currently without without cousins on the roster they've got 24 million dollars of cap room could they make that work yeah i think they could could the falcons make it work yeah i think they could could the steelers no the steelers are, are trying to create 13 million of cap room mm -hmm. so to sign cousins you not only have to get 13 million of cap room then you've got to probably get another 40 million to be able to sign your draft choices and sign other players that you need back on your roster and then sign him really kind of problematic so i think you have to follow the money this time of the season right mm -hmm. one thing we do know is you can, depending on the level of spending that an owner wants to spend. For example, last year, you know, when you go through the league and you look at who spent money and who didn't, the Browns were one of the highest paid. The Browns spent the most money of any team last year. The Houston Texans, surprisingly, spent the second most amount of money of any year. Last year, the Patriots spent the least amount of money. So when you go through it, this cap is always about who's spending the money. 
right? And who mm -hmm. wants to spend the money? And then you can turn any cap number into anything you want, but eventually you have to pay the pauper. Eventually you've got to come through and say, okay, here's where we are. And I think that, you know, that's kind of what, what happens all the time. And you, you, you look at it and you say, okay, well, like, like for example, you know, over the last five years, you know, when you break down the teams from 19, from 2019 to 2013, I'm excuse me, 2019 to 23, the Browns have spent the most money. The Saints are second, the 49ers, Buffalo and Philly. And then you look at the bottom teams, you look at Carolina, Washington, Atlanta, New England and Chicago. They've spent the least amount of money. One of the reasons Chicago did the Montez Sweat deal was because they had to get to the minimum. Yeah. They were spending so little money, they had to get to the minimum. So I think there's a lot of that. You have to understand that before you can put the quarterbacks to certain teams, right? That's the real hard part to do. And, you know, I think, you know, when, when people are saying, well, you know, this team needs to spend money, I, I think you can see, you know, where teams are going to spend. Green Bay last year was probably in the bottom fifth of the league in terms of spending money Well, they because they have such a young roster. Yeah, all those guys are on those rookie contracts there. Chicago, like we talked about, they had so much cap space entering the last offseason. We talked about how much cap space they have. Once again, they still have a lot of cap space. Maybe they'll be a big player in free agency. Their quarterback a year ago, Justin Fields, where will he take his first snap next season? Right now, the favorite is the Steelers at plus 110, Bears plus 150, Falcons plus 550. Maybe he's able to go home. Patriots plus 650, Broncos commanders at 12 to 1, as well as the Raiders, Seahawks 25, Bucks and Vikings at 35. Yeah, I mean, look, the Steelers could trade for him easily, right? They could assume his contract and take it on and work around it. So that wouldn't be an issue. You know, I, I'm not sure the Bears see there's two things here. It's it's not as linear as we're trading for fields. It's, it becomes more complex. And it's do we want them for one year and then see where we are for the fifth year? That lowers how much we pay. Or do we want to pick up the fifth year? That's another interesting thing because it's a one year contract if you don't want to pick up the fifth year. And who wants to pick up the fifth year based on how he's played so far? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the answer that we'll get at some point this offseason. A lot of people are linking the Steelers to them because they say Mike Tomlin likes him, but a lot of coaches like a yeah, lot of players. We're lying season, Femi. We are in <laughs> lying season. We're keeping notes on that. All right, better's choice coming up next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full VEASAN access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. Visit VEASAN.com slash pro to subscribe today. That's VSIN.com slash pro. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. Our buddy Will Hill will help us break down some college hoops in about 15 minutes. Will Hill, of course, the host of the Shoulda Bet More podcast, VEASAN contributor, as well as contributor to the Bear Bets podcast with our buddy Chris Felica here. But Michael, let's get into uh, one of our favorite games. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, always puts these together. It's called Better's Choice. And we try to put ourselves in a little bit of a bind and make some tough decisions here as better. So it's an either or proposition for those who uh, do not know. But for many of you loyal listeners, you've seen us play this game. And we'll start with the most valuable player of the year award for next season. Would you rather bet on Patrick Mahomes to win MVP at plus 650 or Josh Allen to win MVP at plus 700? You know, I don't think of a team that has uh, has a more important offseason than the Buffalo Bills. I mean, because as they sit back and reflect on the season and what they were able to overcome and the injuries that they had and how close they were to being in the magical game, had they been able to finish off the Chiefs, make the field goal and then go into Baltimore and win. So... I like Josh Allen here. I think I think this is either win or die here. I think this is all in for Buffalo or all out, right? I, I don't see if McDermott doesn't get this fixed quickly and, you know, restore and get to the playoffs. I think, you know, everybody talks about Kyle Shanahan. Oh, he can't win a big game. He can't win a big game. He, he gets to the big game. We mm -hmm. haven't seen McDermott even get to the big game yet. So I, I think you got to really be careful here 
about this is this is a moment of truth for the Buffalo Bills. I really think so. And I think if you're a Buffalo Bill fan, you agree with me. I'm not I'm not saying anything derogatory towards the team, but the expectation meter, that bar that's always set for teams, it, it can't get lower. It has to you've got to jump over the bar. Given the contracts and everything, whose seat is hotter heading into 2024, McDermott or McCarthy? Oh, I think McDermott is. I mean, I think McDermott is because I think if he doesn't, I think they're both hot, but I think McDermott is because McDermott, you know, he, he's gotten so close and, you know, he's fired defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators. It's now or never. And so McCarthy, it's, it's pretty easy. Either they win or they don't. You know, he's out. Yeah. We know the end of there. But I think the pressure is on him because, look, they, they're, they've got an opportunity and they're so close. I mean, Dallas hasn't been that close. I think Dallas is being misread. Everybody thinks they overachieve, underachieve. I think they overachieve. But I think Buffalo has the most heat on them of any team, really. We won't talk about it. Nobody talks about it. But I really believe that. Yeah, we won't talk about it until they actually fire him. Then all of a sudden, like, oh, McDermott got fired, even though it's like they had Kansas City at home, just like how Baltimore had them at home, unable to do it. And they see the Chiefs go ahead and win another Super Bowl. All right. Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, would you rather go over 10 and a half regular season wins at minus 145 or would you rather go with the 49ers over 11 and a half wins at plus 125? I think I'd rather go the Chiefs here. I, I think this the, the 49ers in the West, I think Seattle's going to be improved. I really do. I think Mike McDaniels is a good young coach. I think he's putting together a good staff. I think they have a lot of talented players on the team. I think, uh, uh, you know, sometimes when you have a fresh voice like McDonald will have, uh, I think it'll really help the situation. And I think Pete did a wonderful job. But after 14 years, sometimes it gets stale, just like after Belichick in New England. And sometimes it just it needs a new voice. So I think that competition, I think the Rams will be competition. Arizona has to be better than they were last year. So I think it's the Niners might be a better team and not win as many games. So I think the Chiefs have the better vehicle because Denver still doesn't have a quarterback. The Chargers are going to be a real obstacle. Mm -hmm. And look, I know Luke Getze said that he loves Aiden O'Connell, but you and I both watched the tape, and so did Getze. He's being too polite. Yeah, Lions season. Well underway, man. <laughs> it's underway. Um, yeah, I think I'd go with the Chiefs as well. I think the NFC West is going to be pretty good. All those teams are going to be improved there. So it's like it's not like the Niners are going to be worse. And who knows what happens. But like it's just going to be more so the competition in the division is going to be better. I mean, the Rams with all those young guys as well, they might be able to take another step forward. All right, let's go to the Houston Texans, a team that a lot of people I think are going to be buying into to take yeah. the next step in 2024. Would you rather bet C.J. Stroud to win MVP at 14-1 to 1, or D'Amico Ryans to win coach of the year at the same price? I take Stroud at 14 to 1. I think it's hard to be coach of the year. I think, you know, certainly he's improved the team. And when you improve a team, people have a hard time measuring the next level of improvement, right? Yep. Now, if he, you know, if he's the number one seed in the AFC, then he'll win it. But I think Stroud has a chance. If he's the number one seed in the AFC, it's going to be because Stroud's the MVP in the league. So I, I think to me, it, you got to go quarterback first. And I think Stroud has the elements. They're going to get better. Look, like I've said before, they've spent a lot of money on this team. Like this is not a team that has been like the 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 Packers who relied nothing on draft picks and spent no money. This is a team that's been spending money for three years. They've been trying to dig a hole out, and now they're ready to do it. And I think if they have a solid draft, they'll be even better with him at quarterback. Yeah, no, I think your analysis of MVP versus Coach of the Year was spot on there. It's one of the reasons why Dan Campbell didn't get the credit because everyone's like, oh, Dan Campbell, he was the favorite for much of the year. But it's like they're not going to vote for him because they kind of already had that improvement a season ago. And people yeah. have a hard time of judging what the good to great actually is, which is probably a harder improvement than bad to good. But we like bad to good, at least the people who vote on the award. So I would not bet D'Amico Ryans unless you think they're going to be winning 14, 15 games. And I guess if you do think that, go ahead and bet the hell out of it. Uh, this next one, line to win the Super Bowl at 12 to 1 or Aiden Hutchinson to win defensive player of the year at 12 to 1. I'm going to take the Lions on the Super Bowl here because Hutchinson's got to get, you know, he's not going to he doesn't dominate like TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, 
you know, Makai Par- Micah Parsons. I mean, with with Mike Zimmer down there in, in Dallas, that could's going to help. I think going to change a little bit of how Parsons plays. So there's too many good defensive players to think that Hutchinson's going to leap them to win player of the year. Whereas I think the Lions, there's a lot of good teams, but who knows? I mean, the Lions are like Buffalo. They sit there and watch that game and said, wait a minute, we could have won this game. We had a chance mm-hmm. to win it. You know, if we kick a field goal here, we kick a field goal there, you know, we convert a fourth down here you know we're going to get there now could they have beat the chiefs who knows but the one thing i do know is is their team can improve they're still young yeah no our buddy uh, mike palm he he loves this lions price at 12 to 1 to win the super bowl there just thinks that the nfc outside of yeah. the 49ers what's the obstacle in the nfc and it's hard to hard to argue with it although i'd say maybe big daddy squad i'm kind of like I, them heading into this 2020 the only obstacle uh, well, I think Green Bay is an obstacle, but yep. I think the only obstacle for the Lions is the disease of me. They've won. Now, who gets paid? Who wants to get paid? How they handle their cap? What goes forward? They have a lot of good young players, but they got to pay Goff. They got to pay St. Brown, right? They've got mm-hmm. guys there. You know, most of their good young players, how they fix their defense is going to be critical, too. So, you know, you worry about that a little bit when you have a young team that has never experienced winning. Can they come back and handle? Are they mature enough to handle the next season of winning? The Chargers will be a team that everyone pays attention to. New head coach Jim Harbaugh. Would you rather bet Harbaugh to win coach of the year? He's the favorite at plus 550 or Justin Herbert to win MVP at 12 to 1. I would rather bet Harbaugh here. And, and the only reason is is because to, for him to improve the team and get him in the playoffs and have a really good season, he'll get the credit. Whereas mm-hmm. the MVP could go to Lamar. It could go to Mahomes. It could go to – well, we know it could easily go to Tua. We know that. I mean, he's going to be the leading MVP vote-getter from week one to week 12. We know that. You Don't let him lead the league right in passing now. yards. <laughs> I mean, come on. We know that. So uh, I think there's too many obstacles for him. One thing we do know, the Chargers are going to be an improved team. I think the, mm-hmm. the one of the most common bets this offseason we're going to see from a lot of people are the Chargers on their over total, the Chargers to improve, and Harbaugh yeah. to win coach of the year. I think at 550, it tells you the book seems to think that as well. Yeah. no, And it's like he, he's such a kind of, I guess, like – big kind of name to where he's going to get a lot of that credit and rightfully so he's a really good head coach and i believe he's won this award before i think he won it when he turned around the 49ers in 2011 so maybe he go ahead and wins it once again here with the chargers last one here before we head to break cowboys to win the nfc at eight to one or cd lamb to an offensive player of the year at plus 850 Boy, that's a hard one there. I mean, I I, I don't like either of those. I would probably say the Cowboys, not because I don't like Lamb, but only because I think it, you know, Lamb to win Offensive Player of the Year, he's beaten out McCaffrey, he's beaten out Tyreek Hill, he's Mm -hmm. beaten out some really good players. That's, to me, going to be hard to do. And, uh, you know, I, I would take the Cowboys, although I don't love that either, because who repeats in the East? Right? Who repeats in the East? Nobody. Nobody. Hasn't been done since the Eagles did 0304. Ever since then, it's been a new winner of the NFC East, which means it should either be the Eagles, Commanders, or the Giants in 2024. But I agree with you. Like, Lamb, it's there's the competition for offensive player of the year. We didn't even mention Justin Jefferson. He's in that company. He won the award two years ago. He's healthy. Yeah. The guy still had a thousand yards and he missed like eight games this past season. He's ridiculous with what he's able to do there and they get him the football often. So, uh, yeah, I would rather bet the Cowboys reluctantly at 8 to 1 to win the NFC. All right, our buddy, Will Hill, host of the Should Have Bet More podcast, VC contributor, joins us next to break down college basketball here on the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use promo code VEASAN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Family of Bebefe, Michael Lombardi. And joining us now, our buddy, Will Hill, host of the Should Have Bet More podcast, VEASAN contributor, also contributor to the Bear Bets podcast over on Fox Sports with our buddy, Chris Felica. Will, how are we doing today, man? We got the NBA All-Star game later on tonight. Michael and I have been talking about this throughout the show, that this total keeps getting smashed to the under, as high as 364.5 yesterday. Now we're down to as low as 358.5. There's even a 357 in the market. Uh, what's going on behind this under bet here for tonight's all-star game you know it's funny if we talked yesterday i would have been like, oh, i'll just take the over it's the all-star game nobody plays any defense last year it landed 359 but there were 191 points in the first half and i, I think the scoring got officially reduced by that elam ending where they start to play a little defense there's a uh, that just that naturally shortens the game but the memo has gone out adam silver said yesterday at his press conference his little state of the union address that universally they all want this game to be more competitive. It's turned into a joke, which it has been. I remember, I remember growing up watching Kobe versus Jordan this game. It used to be a basketball game. So mm-hmm. I think there's an emphasis on actually just getting back to a real semi-normal, semi-competitive basketball game, not just a situation where the team with the ball throws alley-oops, the team on defense watches, and we just, it's a layup line for two and a half hours and it's completely unwatchable. So I think they're going to, does the message get through? Do these guys listen? Do they play a little bit of defense? I'm not sure, but I think that's what we're seeing here. That's the movement where it doesn't take much defense to stay under whatever it is, 359 and a half, 360 and a half. Definitely interesting, though, because DraftKings opened this 362 and a half. I think it's down to 359 and a half at DraftKings. So DraftKings opens 362 and a half. Circa, which is a sharp book, opened 368 and a half. So there were some differing opinions, but uh, there's the consensus now that, hey, they might play a little defense. It might be a normal game. Uh, they Thankfully, they've at least gone back to East-West. Like, I probably won't watch much or any of this game tonight. I'll have Lombardi to take notes for me. I know he's going to be watching it. Uh, they, at, least, <laughs> it, at least going back to the East-West format where you know who's on what teams, like the the pickup style was fun for a little bit. You draft your teams, but you turn on the game. You don't know who's on what team. At least we have some structure. So uh, I guess the under's getting bet for good reason here. I mean, who's going to enforce it? Like, who's going to say we got to play harder, guys? I mean, no. who's going to say it? I'm sure all the all the load management people that are at the game are going to say, wait a minute, stop. We can't play too hard tonight. I mean, I don't know how you enforce it. I really don't. I can see why no, people right. think it, it's going to go down. But we're talking about we, it's moved one three-pointer. That's all it's really moved. Right. It isn't like it's moved 20 points down. It's moved one three-pointer. I mean, that's like throwing a deck chair off the Titanic. <laughs> Did you see who's coaching the East Lombardi? <laughs> no, I, I didn't even pay attention to it. I'll take notes for you. Don't worry. I'll be I'll be in tune to it. Yeah, it's I will be right, right there. You want to guess? You want to guess? Let's make and him guess. And rewatch it again. And, and, you know. 
the coach of the East. Come on, let's let's put him on the spot here. Do you know, you don't know who it is? It, it is one Doc Rivers coaching the East All Stars. How did he get that gig? He just got into the league. Oh, no. He just got in there. How knew. did he get that gig? Are I thought the... you knew. <laughs> it's I it's no remarkable. Idea how so that it's, it's, so it's, I, I don't. Know. I mean, it's almost like worldwide wrestling. I have no idea what's going on. I agree with you that at least we have the East and the West. But look, uh, you know, it's 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 the entertainment. It's an entertainment game. It, this, so I don't know why mm-hmm. all of a sudden we want to play defense. Like it's always been an entertainment game, and you watch these guys who are marvelous athletes go up and down the court and do things. But you, it's really just to entertain you. I don't think anybody's taking it seriously, like college hoops. Okay, so let's. Let's transition into that a little bit. You know, UConn, you know, number four Marquette, which is a really good team, they dominated. Is there any path where you don't see UConn repeating, Will? I think their enemy at this point is the format, just the fact that it's single elimination. It's hard to go back to back, but they're the best team. They're clearly the best team. I mean, Purdue's good. Arizona's good. There are other teams that are good, but I think they're uh, a level above the second best team. I mean, they're going to have a tough schedule going forward. They still have to play, I think, at Creighton, at Marquette. They might play Marquette again in the Big East tournament. Hell, they could play Marquette three more times if they see him in the NCAA tournament. But, boy, that was a, an impressive effort yesterday. And here's a, a thing. I think they're 5-1 to one still. I still think that's a good number to bet because hmm. they're probably not going to lose in the first two rounds. If they end up in the East bracket, in the East region, uh, the, the regional is in Boston, so they're going to have a nice little home court in the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, where if you can just get there, hey, you're going to have to beat UConn where they have a little bit of a home court advantage on top of being the best team. Uh, you can still get them plus money to make the Final Four. I know it's been a while. I know it's been, you know, it's hard to uh, to go back to back in this tournament, in this format, but they're the best team. I, I'd be surprised if they're not back in the Final Four here in a month or so, a couple, uh, you know, six weeks. We're hanging out with Will Hill, host of the Should Have Bet More podcast. Make sure you get that wherever you get your podcast. Also, VEASAN contributor and contributor to the Bear Bets podcast. Well, Will, the second choice right now on the futures market in college hoops is the Purdue Boilermakers. They're laying eight and a half now on the road at Ohio State. The number has since moved here in the last five minutes, was nine earlier, now eight and a half. Uh, Who are you rolling with here? The total sitting at 146 as they take on the Buckeyes. I am going to plug my nose and I am going to take Ohio State plus the eight and a half. They just fired their coach. They just moved on from Holman. So maybe you get a little bit of a bump with a new coach. Uh, and and if, look, their last eight games, their opponents are shooting 44% from three, while wow. Ohio State is shooting 23% from three. So a lot of times with college, I mean, you could sit there and handicap these games all you want. A lot of the times it, it just comes down to, do you make threes? Do you give up made threes? There's so much variance with the three-point shot. There's a little bit of luck in those numbers. Nobody's as bad at 23%. Nobody's as good as 44%. So maybe that evens out. Maybe they're a little more motivated with the new coach today. Eight and a half at home. Uh, I'll just take the points here with Ohio State. Is there a, you know, let's go back to that board again. I wanted to hit you up with one more. Is there one team that has really a little bit long odds that you think could be the Florida Atlantic of this year's tournament? Is there somebody that you say, okay, you know, if it goes right, if it's seated right, if they're in the right bracket, they could really make a huge difference? Is there any of the, you know, is it Alabama? Is it Duke? Is it, you know, I mean, Kentucky 25 to 1, they just had a big win against Auburn, you know, and so if they ever get their defense fixed, could they be the team? Yeah, I don't know if Kentucky qualifies as like a Florida Atlantic level sleeper when you got three or four NBA guys and a bunch of lottery picks. They're not that Florida Atlantic level team. But uh, Kentucky was impressive yesterday, winning at Auburn. I started to wonder last week just, hey, has maybe this run at course at, at Kentucky for Calipari? I mean, you see these older guys with the NIL and the portal just retire, whether it's Jay Wright, Coach K, Saban. You know, Calipari's 65. He's been there 15 years. They haven't been to a Sweet 16 in five years, haven't been to a Final Four in 10 years for all the talent they've had. They haven't been there since uh, 2015. I started to wonder, maybe it's just time where you know Calipari goes and does something else. He'd be great on TV, but uh, they've they've shown some backbone here. They've, they've shown an, another level of defense. They defended against Ole Miss on Tuesday. They defended really well yesterday uh, against Auburn, a tough place to win. So maybe maybe Kentucky is that team where they've, they've got a second life here and they, you know, they have a run and they, they make a deep run here in this tournament. If you're looking for a deep, deep sleeper, I don't even know that they'll get in, but Indiana State was ranked for a minute and they got buried at home as a big favorite. Uh, but they are really good on offense. If they get in, they're probably going to have to win that Missouri Valley uh, tournament to get in. I don't think they can get in at large, but Missouri Valley, if you're looking for a deep sleeper, I think uh, has an opportunity to make some noise.
Yeah, Indiana State. I've heard Colorado State. Well, the sleeper State is the number, about. right? I, I, I mean, the sleeper is the number. 25 to 1. I, I yeah. guess what I, I asked the question wrong. I mean, the longer odds is what I was saying, really. is 25 to 1 is a really good one. It's not so much the sleeper. I guess I used the wrong terminology. But those odds seem to be, whoa, you can actually get some value here. For sure. You, you do have to go through this, too, where it's like, are you better? It depends what seed they get, because you might be better just betting them game by game by game. Like, the Chiefs, for example, they were 10 to 1 before the playoffs started to win the Super Bowl. If you just bet them game by game and rolled it over, I think you got like close to 20 to 1. So sometimes it's better to just take it, bet wow. a money line, roll Great it over point. again, bet money line again, and just do it that way. People don't do that, though. People, you know, they bet it and then the game's not for a week. They, you know, they'll lose their money on something else. They'll forget to do it. They'll, they'll lose their courage a little bit and not put that big bet in the second, third, fourth time. People, you know, people have a hard time doing it. It's easier to say it than to actually, um, you know, carry it out and execute it. But you do get more bang for your buck a lot of times doing it that way. Will, you mentioned the Super Bowl. We got about a minute left here. You've already locked in a Super Bowl bet for next year. Super Bowl 59 in New Orleans, 55 to one on the Minnesota Vikings. Please explain. I didn't bet it yet, but just for the sake of conversation, I do think this number is a little bit long if they get Cousins back, isn't it? Just because they were able to keep Flores. Flores fixed their defense, did a great job with their defense last year. Nobody plucked him and hired him as a head coach. If you bring Cousins back, you got a defense, you got a quarterback. I've never been the biggest Cousins fan, but he played well last year at times. You got Jefferson and Addison at the outside. I think they could use a running back, but they're not bad on the offensive line. Uh, That's actually a decent division now with Detroit, Green Bay surging, uh, Chicago with a defense, with a draft pick. They could be in good shape. But to me, Minnesota 55 to one. I'm looking for a team in the NFC because the AFC, boy, you start to dig in with Harbaugh getting going with Herbert, with the Jets getting Roger back. There's just there's so many really good teams in the AFC. If you're looking for a sleeper, I think the NFC is the way to go. I agree. I agree that, you know, you don't have that quarterback hurdle. You got to get over the Allen, the Mahomes, the Lamar, you know, that that's the Herbert. You know, you got that that hurdle to get over is so damn difficult to it, too. You see how he forgot that? that. You see how he forgot that, Will? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the first 12 weeks of the NFL season, he will be the favorite for the MVP. You can write that right down. Well, maybe we can go ahead and bet against him once we get to Thanksgiving time next season. He is Will Hill, host of the Should Have Bet More podcast. Make sure you check that out. Also, VEASAN contributor and contributor to the Bear Bets podcast over at Fox. Will, we appreciate the time, man. Good luck with the bets. All right, see you guys. Thanks. All right, we'll do some quick hitting coaching hires to start hour number two coming up next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 